Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. I'd like to go into this message this morning on the blood covenant. And, um, you know, if, we're, if there's any foundational truth for a strong church, it's that we all believe in what the blood stands for, what it means, what it means to us as believers. Amen? Amen? And so that is something I'd like to, to minister on this morning. So thank you, Father God, for this opportunity. Father, this message has been preached hundreds of thousands of times, millions of times, Father God, wherever a witness for you goes, wherever an evangelist goes, wherever a prophet or a teacher goes, Father God, without the blood, Father God, it's meaningless, Father God. The blood always has to be there, Father, on our lips, being, being talked about, Father God, being explained, Father God, that it was, it was that atoning sacrifice, Father God, and that that brought us into a New Testament covenant with you, so, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would um, reveal, Father God, just the, the meaning, the deeper meanings and the treasures of the blood covenant to us this morning, Father God, and that we rightfully apply the blood to our lives and to our hearts, Lord. And, Father, that we would not approach the blood casually or trivially, but recognize, Father God, how important it is Father God, that the, 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 the great, great cost that was paid for our salvation came by way of the shedding of Jesus' blood for us. So we're thankful this morning, Father God, and we give you praise and honor and glory. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that he was here in all of his humanity to experience an encounter and to get through everything that we ourselves experience here. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that we do not have someone who, do, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses and our trials and our tribulations. So thank you for the blood, Father God, that he went the whole way to the very end of the Via Dolorosa, to the cross, to Gol the top of Golgotha, on the cross. He went the whole way until he said, it is finished. He went the whole way. So, Father, help us to stay on course to go the whole way, Father God, to run the race and to finish it, Lord. And we look to you as our example, Lord Jesus, this morning in that. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Have you got a notebook this morning? Yes. Okay. And we never asked that question, but it's so good to have a notepad and a pen. Amen. Um, you know, Covenants are a very important thing. And a covenant is something that is binding. And it's not something that we can ever take lightly. These days, we know and we see even from legal contracts and marriage and in other business affairs that covenants are sometimes not worth the paper they're written on. It's easy to get out of a contract, easy to get out of a covenant if you've got a good enough legal team. But, you know, that's not God's way of covenanting. 
When you enter into a covenant with the Most High God, it's a serious thing. Amen. And, you know, if you think about covenants, there's many people that are born into situations that are already binding. And through absolutely no choice of their own, they're born into something that is already has a bind or a bondage over their lives. And they had no birthright to escape that bondage. They couldn't get away from it. They couldn't evade it. Amen? Whatever set of circumstances or laws that they were born into, that was it. They had to just live with that. Those things were enforced upon them or were a part of what was surrounding them. And you know, if you're born into a culture or a family, and I know we are born into a world that's full of different expectations of people, you know, that they'd be the same. You know, you're just the same as us. Have you heard that before? You'll just be, the, you'll just be like us. We're all joked hams and swains. I've heard once. You know, you'll speak like us, you'll think like us. You'll do the things that we do. These are the people you'll like, and these are the people that you'll not like. You know, I can tell you now, you'll get on with him, you'll not get on with her. You know, this is what you can expect. Don't expect anything different. This is just the way things are, the way they've always been. Just get used to it. And people are born into that every single day. To this day in the west of Scotland, sectarianism is a horrible, foul blight on society. And people are third and fourth generation, whatever, even more, and they have no idea why they are the way they are. But it's because they've been steeped into and born into a culture, and they've been bound from birth into that very culture. Did you know that Jesus was born into a binding situation? He was born into slavery. We don't often think about that because we know that the message is coming up soon. But he was born in a stable, in a place with livestock. And we think of the shepherds coming and the open, the open plains and the stars. And it's very beautiful to think of. But he was, in fact, born into slavery because he was born at a time when the Hebrews were subjects to the Romans. And there's an example in the word in Matthew 5.41 that tells us that a Hebrew would be compelled to carry a Roman's or a Roman centurion's equipment for one mile if he was asked to do so. Amen? So, if you read that chapter, you'll see that Jesus is teaching people about this situation, this kind of obligation that they had to their, I say, oppressors, the people that had occupied their land. But Jesus was, was awesome. He began teaching, if they ask you to go the first mile, don't stop there, go the second mile too. Jesus is, this is the, in the, the, the Beatitudes, Jesus is already preparing his people to disempower the bondage that they're held in. Very wise, very subtle, very, very supernatural. Through a simple story, he's already getting his people to change their minds about what they've been born into. 
Isn't that amazing? The first mile that you walk is under compulsion or under the law. So, you know what? Here's my stuff, Lewis, and it's heavy. And do you know what? You have to carry that to the next milepost for me. So, Lewis gets it all on his back and everything. He's already got his own stuff to carry. And he walks with it a mile. But Lewis has been sitting at the, at the feet of Jesus and his teaching. And then he remembers what the master says. Keep on going. Don't stop. Tell the centurion, it's okay. I'm going to walk another mile with this stuff. Amen. So the centurion just has to command it and you have to do it. But immediately as you begin walking the second mile, there's a transfer of power. The centurion no longer has the power. You have the power. You made a choice to do something that otherwise, if you look at people in society, I'm not doing that. No, that's not how, that's not what we do. That's not how we were brought up. His ways are not our ways. So the very first step that Lewis takes in that second mile signifies that he's just made a choice to walk the second mile free from the power that the centurion had over him. Amen? In fact, it gives him the opportunity now to begin to influence the person who asked him to go the first mile. Isn't that amazing? Because what could you do in the second mile? I, yeah, I didn't expect you to go any further. Oh, it's okay. How are you doing? Where are you from? How's your family? Is there anything I can be praying for you for? Is there anything I can do for you? Instead of throwing it all off at the first milepost and walking off in a, oh, I hope that doesn't happen again tomorrow. It's a powerful scenario, and if we meditate on it, we can apply it to our lives in all sorts of areas. And as we talk about covenant today, you'll see how relevant this is. And I want you to go to Colossians 1 from verse 13, and it says there that Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So delivered from, the, delivered from darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of his dear son. We were slaves to the power of darkness. We we're all slaves to that power. But we can say today that we are no longer slaves. We've been born again, given our lives to Jesus. There's been a transfer of power. No longer does the kingdom of darkness have any power over you. And the reason why this is so is because of the blood covenant. Amen. And I believe a key truth to us as the church, as a local church, is this. We are God's covenant people, and we need to walk in that. We need to understand what that, this covenant means, and we need to understand the, the, the vastness of it. You know what I mean? It's, you know, if God, God's covenant's no on one sheet of A4 paper, I can tell you it's a lot more than that. It fills pages. His covenant does, so, so it does. Amen? 
And so when we share this belief and understanding that God has established his covenant with us, that he made a way for there to be a new covenant between him and us, hallelujah, the way is Jesus Christ. He's the mediator of the new covenant. He's the middleman between us and God the Father. Amen? And he brings us into this covenant together. So now all of us here sitting in this place today, and any that would be added to us, and those that are coming, they're on their way. We can work together from a, a common foundation of a truth that we are redeemed. We're no longer doing work here to earn God's acceptance, to earn his love, to earn a place in heaven. Amen? We're not burdened by that. We understand that the only way is by the way. Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. That our salvation is not based on how much we do here. It's not based on works. But it is based on our faith in God. And that we are empowered. Do you know that we are all empowered by God's grace for service to reach the world? And the sooner we posture ourselves like that, we, we will walk into success, all right, as covenant people. When we decide to leave the dead works behind and embrace the new covenant written in his blood, we as a church will posture ourselves to, to be such a powerful force on the earth. Amen? So, you know, this is we love going into the Old Testament for all of the wisdom and the stories, and they're still relevant to us today. But we must be in God's new covenant, his New Testament, to know what the dispensation is that we live in today. Amen? That we live under. And so this covenant was ratified, which means that the covenant actually exists. It's not a, it's not a myth. It actually is a real thing when Jesus went to the cross, the covenant was made real. It was ratified by his blood. And that very day, how many of you know that there was a veil that was torn in two and it signified the, 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 the what was once separated. We were separated from God. The way was now open. Thanks be to God that we are the, the, we are the children of Abraham. You trace your bloodline. The Gentiles, us, we were in included in that so that we were God's people. Amen. And so that separation was removed. G the blood of Jesus was accepted in heaven. Do you know there's a mercy seat? And it used to be that that's where the blood of animals was sprinkled. But there's a mercy seat for us, for people. Amen. And it's Jesus' blood that is sprinkled on that seat. And he made atonement for us. And we can apply the blood to our lives and to our hearts, amen? And, you know, if we can be of one mind in this, okay? Because people believe all sorts of things these days. 
I believe in the cross, I don't believe in the resurrection. Oh, I don't actually maybe believe in the cross. Or actually, maybe I'm not even so sure that Jesus was a real person. Or maybe Jesus was just this. Or maybe, or maybe this is, and so on and so forth. Everything that we have is based on the blood of Jesus. On the cross. Amen. And if we, you know, the cost, he paid the great price to death on a cross. No greater price could have been paid and so we need to be of one mind that, that, that this event delivered victory for us. Amen. And it wasn't done in vain. Amen. And so we need to accept and believe that we are a victorious church. Yes. Amen. Amen. We really can let that thing that we were born into, the cultural mindset, the, whatever it is we're bound into when we're born, we can let all that negative stuff go. We can let all of the death and the, the, the stinking thinking and the, 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 the thoughts that lead to death and negative, we can let all of that go and believe that we are champions in Christ. We are Christ's champions. I love champions. Do you love, do you love a champion? You know, people say we, we always love the underdog. I love a champion. I, I look to a champion. Oh, you know, he kept on getting up. He kept on doing what was necessary. A champion is still standing after the battle. Amen. A champion is someone who hasn't given up the spirit of faith. A champion is someone who will rise again when they've been put down. I love a champion. Jesus kept on going. Jesus kept on going. And so he championed me. He's championing me in the throne room of his Father God right now. He's championing each one of you. He's interceding for you right in front of Yeshua, right in front of his, of his Father. He's championing you. Amen. Because of the covenant, we've become divine champions. What does that mean? Anything that's divine means it's connected or related to God in some way. Amen. And so he wants all of us to be divine champions. Amen. Which God are we connected to? The God of all gods. The King of all kings. The God above every other God. Amen. Amen. El Shaddai, the God Almighty. The God of all flesh, with whom nothing is impossible. Amen. Amen. A God that has never been and will never be defeated. And that's our God. Amen? That's our God. You know, people serve all kinds of gods. We gods, sport, um, let me say it, addictions, um, spiritual things, seeking for help and with other spiritual forces, all of these different things. Amen? But he is the God of all gods. Amen. That's the only God that we can be connected to that is going to do us any good at all in this world. And the access, the connection point is Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Believing, according to Romans 10, 9, that he died on the cross for us. Amen. And did you know that God wants to raise you up? He's got a, you, if, if you've given your life to him, he's in a covenant with you. 
And he wants to raise you up now in a divine, supernatural way to be a champion for him. I remember back in the uh, late 80s, Pastor Tom Ingalls actually released this, a song in the South African hit parade called Champions for Christ. Can I tell you something? And this, we laugh about this. He loves, we laugh about this. But he knocked Madonna off of number one in the, I'm not kidding you, for one, for one week, his song, Champions of Love, was the number one on the South African billboard, and Madonna was knocked off of number one. The, the country, so many people, there was revival in South Africa. The people got behind him, got behind the song. I, in the car last night, I was listening to a song he sang called Prayer Warrior, and he sings this song about the people in the block of flats that stayed up and prayed all night, prayed him into the kingdom. And, and, he, and he sings about the people who never give up praying to pray people into the kingdom. And I just thought that that was amazing. But that, that, that there's, there's this essence of being a champion. Amen. And I want to read a part of Hannah's prayer to you. In 1 Samuel 2 verse 8, it says, He raises the poor from the dust, and he lifts the beggar from the ash heap. An ash heap's no a nice place to be. No a nice place to be. And he sets them among princes, and he makes them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he has set the world upon them. And he will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked shall be silent in darkness. He will set you among princes. He's raising you up on the pillars of the earth. He established it. Amen. It's his. And so for every race that we've got to run, for every battle that you've got to fight, if you've got a battle this morning, can I see your hand if, you've, if you're in a battle? I'm keeping my hand up. If you're in a battle, amen, every battle you face, you have to decide, do you want to run, do you want to face it or, or run that race in your own limited strength or do you want to have God's unlimited strength with you? Amen. Amen. With God at your back, you know the story of um, Elijah and Ahab? The, 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 the word says that Elijah outran the chariots of Ahab was pursuing him and God was behind him and it was a totally supernatural thing. How can a man outrun a, a horse? It's, you know, um, you know, it's, and so what a supernatural thing. Amen. It's not physically possible, but God makes all things possible. And there's miracles happening today. A miracle can happen in your life this morning. Amen. So it can. And there's power in the blood of Jesus. And if we apply the blood correctly and we understand its part in God receiving us and accepting you, he's accepted you, then we'd see ourselves in a totally new way, a new light. Amen? Because we've got a new spiritual DNA in our bodies. Because we are new creations in Christ Jesus. We have a new bloodline. Trace it back to Abraham, the father of many nations. And I was reading a, a story a while ago from Pastor Mark Hankins, and he talks about a little girl in his church who had a rare form of lymphoma cancer. And the doctor said, this little girl is not going to survive unless she gets a bone marrow transplant, okay? And so 
they were looking for a donor that had compatibility with this wee girl so that the cells of the donor could travel to the marrow of this little girl's bones and begin new blood production. Amen. Man, start making new cells. And so they were looking for a match with her family and her friends. Eventually, they went nationwide. They couldn't find a match. They eventually found a match. Amen. Praise God. And then the doctors got involved. And the, and the, the process involves killing off the blood cells of the recipient, okay, before introducing the new bone marrow into the body. Did you know that? And the results of a bone marrow transplant are amazing. Amen? And if you look at, it's kind of the same when we give a, uh, come into the kingdom of God. We get a transplant. Yes. We get a, tr a transplant. And it's all the old stuff is kind of like, is, is uh, the great physician, that God surgically, supernaturally removes all of the old stuff. We have to let him do it. Yes. We, have to, we have to let him. We have to give it up. And he does that, amen. And so this little girl's health was completely restored. And the doctor said that she even looked physically different. She just appeared full of life, full of life again, amen. And so the thing was, though, if in the future she ever needed another transplant or an organ, she couldn't then go to her own family or even what she had before, she had to go with the new donor's organs because the DNA, she had a different DNA. She had different DNA strands in her body because that's where your DNA is and, you're, and it's manufactured in your bones, amen? And so it was absolutely amazing. And, you know, we as people, we were diseased with sin, we were born with that spiritual characteristic and there's nothing that could change that. The only match that could be found was Jesus Christ. He was the match made in heaven. You all look for a match made in heaven, don't we? I wish I could find Mr. Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. But the match made in heaven for us as human beings is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so this new life in Christ is the transfusion. We accept the life of God and with it comes the characteristics of the family of God. Amen. So we all are a new creation here today. I know sometimes, you know, I'm sure my wife looks at me sometimes and says, I wish you were renewed again. You know, you need some, you need some more new stuff. But we're new creations because blood, there's life in the blood. Blood is life itself. You know, there's probably no more meaningful or important medium on earth than blood. Nothing is as symbolic as blood. Nothing gets our attention like blood does. My nephew faints at the sight of blood. Nothing grabs you like, like blood does, blood. And we never become desensitized to blood. That's the problem with all of the violence that we live in now, is we become desensitized to blood. Blood is an, blood is an important thing. God takes the, the blood of our blood seriously. Do you believe that? Amen. So it's because it's life-giving. It sustains its life. And the Bible says that blood speaks. 
You know, if you look at the word in Genesis 4.10, the story of Cain and Abel, Cain got jealous of his brother because he brought a, 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 God favored his offering, and Cain murdered his brother. And God comes to Cain and says, you already knew what was going on. What is going on? What have you done? And Cain says, oh, don't know what you're talking about. And God says, you've murdered your brother. How do you know? Because his blood cries out to me from the earth. His blood speaks to me. Amen. Blood is powerful. And the blood give, gives us access to go to areas that we had no right to go to. And it gives us rights in places where we had no legal right to be. We had no legal right to be in God's presence. But the blood has made a way for us to be there. Amen. We can now win cases that we would never have won. Because we have a plea now that we never had before. We can plea the blood of Jesus. Amen. You know, a formal charge for a crime is answered by a plea. And you usually have two choices, guilty or not guilty. Before receiving Jesus Christ, we were all guilty. Guilty as charged, David. But after having received him, being born again, confessing Romans 10:9. Pleading the blood of Jesus, I can now say whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Free, free from guilt. Free, isn't that good? Free from shame, you know. And I tell you what, that's the thing that will come after you in, your, in those quiet moments. Shame and guilt from the past. Re, re, um, uh, regrets. Oh, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you can... You can leave here without having another regret in your life. Because this morning, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, he says, I forget all that stuff. And you can forget it too. You can forget it too. We learn from the outcomes of our past, but don't live back there. Amen. So we're free. And now we can enter the Holy of Holies by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. We can trust what the cross has done because Jesus said, it's finished now. It is finished. We can trust in the finished work of the, of the cross. Amen? Blood is so important. Throughout history, people have been divided or united through blood. People have come together in blood covenant. People have hated one another's blood from being of a different background. So what we do with the blood means a great deal to God. And that's why the Bible says, do not partake of the body and blood of the Lord, of the Lamb, lightly. And we're going to take communion in just a minute or two. It says, don't take it lightly. It's not a frivolous thing. Amen? It's not a frivolous thing. And we... This morning, just like sometimes Cain tried to pass the blame back onto God because God says, are you your brother's, uh, uh, um, where is um, Abel? He says, am I my brother's keeper? You're his God. You're supposed to be looking after him. You know, so many times in life we just say, do you know what? We'll just blame God. We'll just blame him back for what's happened. This morning, the most, the most courageous thing you can do is to take responsibility for your own life and your own actions. 
We, and me, you, together, we have to do that. Amen? Because if we don't, we end up compounding our wrong standing with God. And it's just like Jesus said to the, to the Pharisees. He says, you're just of your, like your father, the devil. He's full of lies too. He's full of lies. But God is faithful and just, and he pardons those who confess. Amen? So every drop of blood has such great meaning. Amen? Every drop has great meaning. And I was going to go a little bit into, a little bit more into that story of Cain and Abel, but I'm not going to. But in a nutshell, God said, I'm going to curse the earth so that you cannot get any more strength from it. Not like Adam. He had mercy on Adam. But he said to Cain, I'm cursing the earth. You will no longer yield your strength from it. And what a horrible place to be, knowing that all of God's creation was created for you. His covenant and his blessings are there for you, but you can't enjoy them because you've been disqualified from them. And God wants to qualify you this morning to come into that covenant with him. Amen? Amen. So you may be in this place this morning and you don't have that covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ yet. And in Hebrews 12, 24, it says that Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Amen. We had no right to be called the children of God, but Jesus' blood made a way for us to come into covenant with God himself. And he says, God says, I offer you my mercy today. I offer you forgiveness I offer you my love. It's all here for you today. And no matter what you've done, the blood of Jesus can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. No matter what you've done in the past, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And I want to read this final scripture. And as we're reading that, the um, ushers can just distribute the elements just now. Actually, just hold at the back. Ladies, you may go and just hold them at the back just one moment, but get ready to distribute. Galatians 3 says this from verse 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. But Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.